Hey, you sick, twisted freaks. It's Rolly. How you doing? Welcome to the show. Closing out the first week of January in the year 2022. Here in the city of Dolphins, it's been kind of weird uh, this week. I, I, it's really strange. I, I mean, I understand weather patterns and, and things like that. I, I'm kind of a freak for hurricanes, so I kind of understand a little bit about weather patterns as a result. Uh, and it's just from years of binge watching anytime Jim Cantore is on my television because, you know, that's where the doom is. But <laughs> you learn a little bit about weather when you watch uh, weather as long as I have. And um, uh, La Nina and El Nino um, are two very, well, they have a great effect on the weather of the planet, obviously, but when we're in a La Nina, as we are in now, um, it, it, uh, has the following effect on the South part, uh, Southern part of the United States. Um, I live in Virginia beach, so mid Atlantic Southern portion of the United States, it's been much drier and much warmer, uh, than, uh, it normally is at this time of year to wit. Uh, it was almost 80 degrees on New Year's Day here in Virginia Beach. Um, now, that changed rather quickly. It's, it's uh, uh, by uh, Monday morning, we had uh, a little bit of uh, icy particip- uh, participation. Well, yes, um, the snow did participate, but precipitation. <laughs> I don't know where that went. Just don't even worry about it. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of weird here. Um, if you live in the mid-Atlantic states, uh, wait, this is where, uh, wait five minutes, it'll change comes from. And, uh, that's the thing. The same could be said for my creative, uh, career, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, wait five minutes, it'll change. And, uh, to wit, here we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, you know that, uh, I have challenged myself to write something every day. Um, the only rules are that, um, I basically have a set amount of time in the morning that I write something and no matter how many words it is, I'm not worried about word count. I'm just worried about sitting down in front of the, the machine and writing something. And I'll be talking about that in just a second, because these podcasts for the foreseeable future will be an audio version of the things that I wrote in the previous week. And here we go. January 1st, welcome to the new year. I hope it's as good for you as I hope it will be for me. Whatever goals you have set for your year, and please, for the sake of your success and your mental health, I hope you never refer to them as New Year's resolutions. I hope you crush them. So let's get down to business, folks. Today is the start of something different. I'm going to challenge myself this year to produce something on medium every day this year until December 31st, 2022. That is part of my theme of this year, uh, doing it right. And part of doing it right in 2022 is to practice consistency. I've never been consistent at writing or podcasting or much of anything for that matter. And it's why I'm still working a day job instead of doing something that I love doing. And um, I need to change that. I love to write. I love to podcast. I love to shoot photography. I love making videos. I think I'm pretty decent at it, but you wouldn't know that because I'm hit and miss at everything and I've never held myself accountable. That changes today. So here's how I see this happening. Every morning, 
I'm going to block out a time period, say about half an hour. And in that time, I'm going to write whatever comes to mind. It might be something insightful. It might be bullshit. But whatever I write, I'm going to edit after work. And I'm going to produce it. And you'll see the finished product appear the following day. For example, I wrote this bit on December 31st. You see it on January 1st. Now, I might use writing prompts, Quora questions, stories that I may or may not have any business telling, and I'll do my best to respond to questions. So if you have any for me during this adventure, I'll be happy to answer them. Also, feel free to comment on articles or on social media as they appear. Uh, you can DM me. Um, they may up as, uh, end up as content, so uh, please let me know if you prefer to remain anonymous. As for content length, the only limit that I've got is the half-hour clock. So if I write 100 words or 1,000 words in a half hour, that's it. I'm not going to force the word count. I'm only practicing consistency. Word count will come later. <clears throat> also, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean that I won't be writing other content. Features, uh, for lack of a better term, will be extra. Now, one other thing I want to mention is that the plan is to try to repurpose this content you're hearing it on a podcast, you know I did it. Um, it. It may also end up in a video. But because I work a day job, that may or may not be feasible, but we'll see. My main concern is not missing a day. Since I'm a master of biting off more than I can chew, I'm concerned with the time that it takes me to repurpose those things may lead to a kind of burnout. So I'm reserving the right to reject that in favor of remaining on the primary task, which is writing something every day. So I hope you'll join me on this little challenge and uh, thanks for reading or listening or watching whichever platform you're seeing this on. Let's get started. January 2nd. I've been giving some thought to how best to refocus my efforts. Let me explain. Uh, I have a medium site. I also have a blog on my website that needs some tender loving care. And I also have social media accounts. I've got three running podcasts and I have a YouTube channel that may or may not need a reason for living. And the question occurred to me whether or not I need all of that. Can I focus my efforts in just a couple of places? I mean, what's a creative to do, right? Well, if the name of the job is Dig My Stuff, then you could argue that the content needs to be in as many places as possible. That's, that's the Gary V. Hustle Culture party line. But unfortunately, it also seems that if I spread it everywhere, it's, it's kind of like splitting the vote, Right. If you have two candidates of the same party running against each other, against one person or the other party, then it's more likely that the side with two candidates is going to lose. And I want my candidate, my content, to win. I want it to help gain a following. So I think the plan is going to go something like this. Uh, the writing challenge will be on Medium and on my podcast. Features will be there exclusively on Medium for 30 days and then appear on my blog and then on LinkedIn. And all the social links to stories will be going to Medium. I suppose this is probably what the gurus call an editorial calendar. I don't know much about those. 
Um, I just know that whatever it is, my calendar is going to hate me, or I'm going to hate my calendar. It, it, it's, um, it's one of those. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. January 3rd. Being the embodiment of a square peg in a round hole, uh, my wife and I have many areas where we disagree. It's uh, astounding to many, including ourselves, that we've managed to make this marriage work for 27-plus years. I'm reminded of this every winter. Uh, see, I was born in Maine, but uh, being the child of a Navy chief, I didn't see Maine much. Uh, it was a way station between duty assignments. When I was a small child, my, ma uh, my family lived in San Diego for a few years, Hawaii for three years. We spent another two and a half in Guantanamo Bay. So I spent what you might call my formative years up to the age of 12 in warmer climates. That's not to say that Virginia Beach isn't a warmer climate, but compared to Maine, for example... Cold and snow are not something I enjoy. I always tell people that there's a reason I say I'm from Maine. Uh, that means that I'm not there now. That's not a complete slam on Maine. Midcoast Maine in the middle of summer is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I encourage everybody to go. You can't pay me to go back there in the wintertime. Now, my wife was not raised in these circumstances, and she prefers to live in a place where they have, um, what do you call them? Seasons. I think seasons are overrated because I like to sit in the sun and bake. I'm basically a lizard. Now this year, La Nina is in full effect and I couldn't be happier. Usually that means a warmer and drier winter here for us in Virginia Beach. It's been consistently in the mid-50s and mid-60s here and I can live with that. It's chilly in the morning, but that goes away by midday and I can walk around in a t-shirt and a hoodie instead of looking like a human cannoli. I would love to sell this place and move somewhere south. By the way, south does not stop at the Florida Keys for me. By the way, I have relatives that live in the Caribbean. I would move back there tomorrow. I dream of being the perpetually sunburned old salt of a beach bum that everybody knows. On top of that, I have to tell you that the idea of being a snowbird really seems appealing to me. In my... Uh, in my um, Upcoming, hopefully empty nest years, buying a small RV and splitting my year between Virginia Beach, South Florida, and Midcoast Maine sounds like a beautiful idea in theory. However, I probably would first need to do two things. And first is empty the nest because that hasn't happened yet. But the second is a bit fuzzier and involves talking my wife into it. And as I might have mentioned a few minutes ago, my wife likes seasons. So... Uh, the highs in the mid-50s aren't that bad, really, if you think about it. Maybe. Ew. January 4th. I want to tell you a story... I want to tell you about a time very recently when I finally felt comfortable about saying no. And this doesn't happen very often, so when it does, it's memorable. You see, I work for a rather large company. You recognize the name. 
recently they became a contractor for a massive healthcare operation. You would also recognize that name. If I were to tell you the name of this company, uh, your immediate reaction to my saying that they were uh, entirely unprepared for setting up this operation would be one of complete and utter disbelief. And yet here we are. You see, I worked in call centers for over 30 years, and I've never seen such a clusterfuck. The day that we were supposed to go live, they found out that the phone system wasn't set up right. We didn't take any calls that day. The training has been absolutely substandard and incomplete because we didn't have access to the applications we'd be using. The standards documents that told us how to do the job were poorly written and very poorly formatted, and later we found out they were just dead wrong. And when we asked for a correct copy of the standards in a meeting with the client, a representative told us that these procedures exist in her head. There isn't a true copy of the proper procedure. So the end result is we are now on the fourth new way of doing things by my count, and because we started behind the eight ball, the cases have been piling up. In addition, we are now in the middle, close to the end now, of, of open enrollment season, which is a time we should have been prepared for. And so it was with some amusement that I was recently asked to volunteer for a minimum of eight hours of overtime on Saturday and Sunday. Now, because of my experience in call centers, I have been a trusted voice on the floor and behind the scenes. I generally show up at least an hour early to help with the backlog. I've filled in for my supervisor on many occasions because she's had to deal with chronic illness and other personal issues. I've been a team player from day one. I've made many decisions on how to better deal with our problems and offer to take this on as a project, and they reject each one. Every person that I deal with has some kind of time management issue. I now believe that the phrase one second is a unit of time within this company that equates to at least a half hour, but they're, you know, they're flexible. Now, lest you think I'm the pushy type, I'm not. I communicate, I wait, and then I move on if I don't hear from people. And this has been happening a lot in the last two to three weeks. Unless, of course, they want something and, or they, and then they want immediate feedback. So, um... Dear reader, I want you to know something important, and I want to say this very clear for the people in the back in middle management, because maybe you need to hear this too. Microsoft Teams communicates in both directions. I've seen it work. It's the bane of my existence, but I promise you, the, the, the communication is duplex. It goes both ways. So at this point, I can't remember if it was Thursday afternoon or sometime on Friday, but there was a, a critical virtual meeting for us to attend where they told us that of, uh, we had an existing backlog of over 10,000 cases that they had promised the client uh, we would be well under, like, say, 2,800 uh, by the 15th of December. Because they made that promise, uh, it became necessary for us to work on Saturday and Sunday. Now, I have to tell you that um, I was very torn about it. I, I try to be a team player. As I mentioned previously, I give them anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes of my time every weekday for this. And I was going to give them what they wanted this weekend. But I did have other plans. I plan to go photo shooting every Saturday with the wife. 
I create on the weekends. I write on the weekends. I record podcasts on the weekends. And if I have any bookings for my side work, the weekend is mainly where it happens. So I'm sure you can understand that I would be leaving money on the table, right? At the very least, I'd be giving up my creative time. And I complained to the wife about it. And it was then that my wife reminded me of the following quote. Piss poor planning on your part doesn't mean an emergency on mine. And she's right. This mess is because of poor planning, execution, and management. I should not, and I will not, feel bad about giving up my time to save their butts. So, I said no as I handed them 80 completed cases on Friday and logged off through the weekend. The minimum quota, by the way, is 26. It turns out I had even less of a reason to care at that point. We were subsequently told that we would be working on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, which originally were Fridays that we had off. The client reneged on that holiday time because they could. I'm still with that company as of the time of this writing. Rolling needs health insurance. But please make no mistake. I'm open to opportunity. January 5th. It may have taken this challenge to do it, but I think I know what's been hanging me up about content creation for these platforms lately. It's the unbearable influence of marketers and influencers telling us that uh, what we have to do has to be about something. And it really doesn't. I mean, of course, I can unload a bunch of articles about podcasting and creativity and find a niche to inundate you with tons of posts, but that is not the whole of who I am. I'm a goddamn human being, not a marketing machine, and I've got other stories to tell. You might even find one of them interesting. You know, it was like that back in the early days of podcasting, now that I think about it, when none of us, none of us had a clue about what we were doing. We just did it. Dave Weiner drank his coffee. Adam Curry made a show basically out of user-generated content. Keith and the girl had a decent talk show. One guy read the news while taking a morning dump. It was the Wild West. It was fucking beautiful. Then somebody figured out how to make a dime off this, and then the marketers and celebrities descended on the place and gentrified it. They industrialized it. And frankly, I fucking hate it. Yet, you know, I I find myself asking, is it really necessary to compete with all of that? And the answer is no. No, I don't have to compete with all of that. I'm not going to be a marketing jukebox. That's not why you come here, if you come here at all. You come here because I'm me, and I'm going to be me. And if that's enough for you, fan-fucking-tastic. I hope so, because I've got just a face made for this platform. So, wit and talent are going to have to do. Such as it is. January 6th. Like many of you, I remember what happened a year ago today when the members of my least favorite cult decided to storm the Capitol. I make no apologies for that last sentence. I said what I said. 
you know, it, it flies in the face of logic to me that a crowd of people who claim to love this country would do what happened that day. I'm horrified at the thought that we've done next to nothing to prevent it from happening again. And now that I've said this, I expect many of you to drop into my comments and using their psychic powers, you're going to tell me exactly what I am. I promise you, whatever you believe about me, you are dead fucking wrong. I contain multitudes, as the saying goes. To me, the events of a year ago are only about one thing, and it is the breakdown of normal society. The cult leader is responsible for that, and its members are slowly paying for it, as they should. To be clear, so should dear leader, but I expect he gets away with it. That's just the way of things today. I must confess, though, I've got a very strong desire to see the most epic perp walk in history. Can you blame me? The politicians who threw themselves behind the cult leader did it for the most shallow of reasons. They're all spineless weather vanes who rode on the cult's coattails to victory and now have no idea how to tell the cult that they didn't believe a word he said. Now, they're just as scared of the cult as we are, but here's the thing. It's just about losing power to them. To us, it's, it's about losing a whole lot more than that. The powerful don't worry about killing the idea of America because they're going to survive regardless. They have the resources to sustain themselves. People like you and I don't. And even then, I have a certain amount of privilege that others in society don't have. If America falls to this still very much surviving cult, we risk seeing the rise of an evangelical Christian authoritarianism masquerading as democracy, a new society that rewards the loyal and the faithful while stepping on the necks of the less fortunate, the unbeliever, and the other. And I don't think there is any more clear line between right and wrong than this. We either remember who and what we are as Americans and stop this stupid cult or we don't, and we let it consume us. I know what side I'm on. January 7th. This question is about medium. I'd like to ask what in the Frosted Flake fuck is everybody on this platform writing about how much they make here? Here's an example of a headline I fully expect to see shortly. How I made a bajillion dollars off my article that made a bajillion dollars about a snake eating itself. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe I need to curate my feed better than I do, but I swear to God, dog and Bob that the majority of posts that I see are along those lines. It's annoying. I'm glad you made whatever you made, man. Mazel tov. Now, let me know who you are beyond that. If all you do is write about how much money you're making, you're going to get real old real quick. You don't get to market by milking a dry cow, man. Okay, and if that's not a saying, it damn well ought to be. I, you know, I wonder what Medium thinks of this. They don't curate or distribute articles about Medium last I checked, so I don't know what the hell the advantage is. It's probably schmucks like me that click on the bait and give them reading time and money. I want you to click on my stuff and read it because you like what I have to say, and if it makes money, that's great, but I'm not worried about 
money. I was, I'm definitely not worried about money at the very beginning of this challenge. I'm still not. If I make something y'all want to read, the eventual result is money. I'm trying to practice something else. Consistency. I'm trying to practice writing every day. If there's any other muscle I'm trying to work, it's coming up with something new every day. And so far, that hasn't been an issue. I may revisit topics occasionally, but the point is to write something original every day. Sure as hell isn't some weird flex about how much I got paid. It just seems real shallow to do that. Now, full disclosure, I have made a little money writing on Medium over the years that I've been there. Nothing to write home about. Maybe one day I'll tell you how much, but that is a real faraway drip on a pipe dream. Right now, the focus is purely, purely, purely on the act of writing. As it should be. All right, you sick twister freaks. That's going to do it for this week. That is my medium articles. That M, that R. Those be my medium articles. January 1st to January 7th, 2022. Next week, you'll get the next batch. Hopefully, you'll get uh, another 50 podcasts after that. And we're going to call all of this season two or three. Whatever I left off. I can't remember. It's season some. It's season X. It, there it goes. Look for me on social media. Uh, Medium. Uh, LinkedIn. Twitter. Instagram. Uh, I'm all Chris Rowley. K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y. And, of course, my home site, chrisworley.com. Until next time, see you next week. Stay solid, people. Bye-bye.